Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five-star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Evening everybody, how are we? Let me just make sure that I'm right, just going live on the TikTok. Good evening Missy, good evening Andrea, hello, Energy. Um, hope we're all well. It's that time of the week again, Tuesday at 6pm, where we are going live with our Family Law Hour. never quite know what to call this piece that we do, the Family Law Hour, the Q&A with the LQ, I don't know. Um, so uh, there we go. Right, that's the introduction done. Um, I'm going to, Carney, I'm going to come to you next. What's your question? Um, hi. So Hello. We've spoken before as well. Yeah. Um, I've got a lawyer that's representing me for financial order at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. where we've been for a couple of months on the um, exchange of Form E and we've exchanged questionnaire. Yeah. Um, and it's actually been two, three months as we're waiting to exchange the answers, um, I feel a little bit disappointed um, at the same time that, you know, I've sent chase emails to my lawyer. Is it possible that I can just go ahead and file to the court? Sorry, file what, Carney? What What are you looking to file? The, the questionnaire? The, no, the financial order. If I could just go ahead to court, because my understanding is you can't really go to court without the... Um, the effort of trying to resolve this outside of court and where the matter has really been sitting in terms of divorce and financial orders now been five years, could I just go ahead and file for financial order on my own and just sort of tell my lawyer, thank you, but I've spent enough money and we've not really resolved anything. Sorry, so when you say file a financial order, do you mean make a financial application? Is that what you mean? Yes, yeah. Sorry. sorry. That's, no, it's yes. fine. It's fine. Um, when you said financial order, I thought that you were you were near sort of completion. Um, absolutely. Yeah. You you can go ahead and make a financial application if things aren't moving or if they're not moving fast enough. And clearly, if it's been five years, um, it shouldn't take that long. The form that you need is a form A, and you would simply complete that yourself, and you wouldn't put down your solicitor's details on the form. And yeah, you can just file that yourself. Not a problem at all. And obviously, the judge would be asking for us to exchange the same procedure that we Correct. went through with the lawyers. Yes. Am able to use the same documentation? Yeah, absolutely. You, you might have to update a couple of things, but yeah, I mean, you could certainly use that for me because um, that would be the first thing that you need to file with the court. You could certainly use that for me as the basis, as your template. Um, depending on how old it is, you may be updating some figures, you know, the bank balances or salaries, you know, attaching up to date uh, P60s, for example. Um, but yeah, that's the form that you need to file with the court. And would the question, the questionnaire part would yeah. be applicable as well? No, it, it all of that process is included. So you'll exchange for me's about a month before your court hearing date, and then a couple of weeks before you'll exchange questionnaires. And again, if the old questions are still relevant, then fine, use that as your template. It may be that you know you have to swap some questions because they're no longer relevant or no longer needed. But it'll all be the same process, absolutely. Yeah, I just figured, I mean, we've tried an effort with my lawyer, but the only one that could really get it moving is a judge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've just been ignored the whole time. I've paid quite a lot in just chasing emails. So, well, it's good to know. Thank you. Um, yeah. I will be making the application. Pleasure. All right. Thanks, Carney. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Captain, you are next up. What's your question? Oh, let me take you off mute. There we go. Oh, hang on. Can't take you off mute. Okay. Of questions from people who couldn't get on earlier. Yeah. Uh, so, Sarah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, 
ex-partner wanted to take me to court for 50-50. Yeah. When the baby is a few months old, we split up because I didn't want the baby to have his surname. He's been emotionally abusing me since because his ego is bruised. I decided to leave and leave him off the birth certificate. He lived yeah. nearly two hours away. What are his chances of 50-50? Ooh. I mean, two hours is a long distance, isn't it? And I mean, 50-50, I'm not sure the court's going to view that as being the best interest of the child. Um, because I don't... How old did you say how old the child was, Captain, or not? Do we know? Uh, Do we know? Old. Okay. I mean, look, it, it may work when the child is small, but, you know, once they start going to nursery and school, it's not going to work then, is it? Let's be honest, because they're going to have to have... They can't do a, a four-hour commute every day to school. Um, so I would say prospects of success there are slim. Generally, what happens is it will be alternate weekends and then there'll be some additional makeup contact during the holidays when parents live a good distance apart like that two months yeah I mean yeah it, it's probably not going to work is it because that's a little bit too young to take away from mum you know for all we know mum might even still be breastfeeding do you know what I mean so I, I would say prospects of success there are slim in getting a 50 50 oh, that's great uh, next question is yep. from I'm going to butcher this so I apologize <laughs> Hen, 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 energy energy I think it might be yeah, Hennigy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I file for divorce, yeah. can, can the ex drag it out for at least two years? Youngest will be 18 and out of education by then, meaning he can avoid child maintenance, I think. He initially sent me the joint application, then refused to send it off. What do I do? Okay. So it's not the divorce that you want to be concerned about. It's the finances. So if we answer the initial question, can he drag out the divorce? Potentially, but I think if you are ready with your dates and serve him using a process server, um, then you can march forward pretty promptly with the divorce. It's the finances that he can drag it out because he can ignore the court paperwork. He can file his things late. He can even like not turn up at court and then the court will adjourn it the first few times. And it's, it's that that's going to be impacted once the youngest reaches 18. Because of course, once the youngest reaches 18, that's one less factor that we have to rely upon to move away from 50-50. Now, there are other factors um, that we can rely upon, but that's one of them. So the divorce, not so much, but I think what um, energy meant was the actual finances. And the answer to that would be, yes, he can drag that out. For two years, mm, I don't know. That's a long time to drag it out. Um, it, I'd need to know a little bit more about that case, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah. yeah. It wasn't much information. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully um, that's helped. I've got one more from Tracy. Yeah, I'll sure. Later. Yeah, fine. Um, this is from Tokorus. Yes. Uh, good evening. Need advice in regards to a child arrangement order that was in place on the 18th of May 2023. In the order under recital, the mother is to sign the papers so father can be added to the birth certificate. This yes. has not happened. I have sent the RP solicitor, I don't know what that is, but I hope oh. you do, a letter about this and not received a response. Is this enforceable with a C79? Yes, it is. Any order that's made by the family court is enforceable with the C79. So absolutely, if the other side is not abiding by that order, that will be your next steps. Um, now, what the court can do in the absence of the other side, because the courts have already told the other side to sign, and if they don't, then the courts can give permission for that document to be signed in the absence of that other person. So that would be the next step now to enforce it. And what you actually want, want is the court to um, do away with the need for the other person's signature. Okay, so that means then the court can decide to put the child's father on the birth certificate. Correct, correct, that's right. Yeah. All right, thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Captain. Bye. Angel Bear, let me come to you. Let me just take you off mute. One, bear with me one second. It's hard to do this sometimes with one hand. Right, can hello. I hear... Oh, hello. Oh, that was a bit loud. <laughs> I had you turned up full volume there. I can hear you this time, Angel Bear. So thank you for persisting. Hey. How can I help? Okay. Um, it's about family law. Yeah. My ex and me have been involved in a very... Um, dragged out process involving my now one-year-old son. Yeah. I gave birth last August. Um, my ex came to my home 
back in September and removed the child away from me without no items to care for him. Um, it has already been to court and he got awarded full custody, but he had conditions put on him as to move out and to provide a stable home. These conditions haven't been met. Where do I stand with getting my son back? He's not exactly the most loving of parents. Okay. Um, are you having any contact at all? Um, he stopped me. I haven't seen my... I was able to see my son up until April of this year, but now I can't see him at all. And there are there's proof that I've tried um but he's just now not allowing me to see him at all so that and that's his decision as opposed to a court order that you don't have contact that's his decision however we got a court order back from the hearing in november saying that i can see him however that he's still not willing to enforce it okay so if if the court are satisfied that you can at least have contact with your son you need to be doing the c79 for that Trying to switch residence... C79, yeah, that's the form that you need to enforce. Trying to switch residence is going to be difficult because you haven't had residence for nearly a year now. You said that he he removed him from your care in September. So if I were you, I would start small steps. So I would be enforcing the initial contact... Um, And then once that's enforced, trying to increase that with a view to eventually obtaining a shared care. I I think if you're to go in or guns blaze, go on. I was going for full custody because of the condition that I've seen my son in on multiple times. And with how abusive his father can be, not only with how he was towards me, but with how his family and he is towards my son he doesn't live in exactly the best of conditions to be say having full custody of a child and i'm assuming you've reported this to social services social services won't even listen to me because of the fact that i'm apparently deemed unfit okay well if that you 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 do have a bit of an uphill battle i won't lie um so by all means if you i've realized that already but (laughs) yeah so so as i say my suggestion would be um small steps so you want to start with enforcing the contact first and building up from there. And then, of course, when you're in front of the court, you have an opportunity to let them know of your welfare concerns and potentially CAFCAS yeah. will get involved. Um, but I wouldn't go in all guns blazing. I, I, that's just not the, the, no. the best move. All right. Um, if um, Another question. Sorry. Um, if ever... Um, because those services got involved with the first, with my son previously, um, will the records and previous history of social services come back up on me again if I ever do decide to have another child? Yes, potentially they will. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Even if I'm under like a different council and everything, it will still come back up. Potentially, because on the forms, they look, that's why they ask that question, have you lived there for the last five years? If not, what's your previous address? So potentially, yes. Right. Be, be prepared for it coming up, is what I would, would say to you. Okay. All right? Great. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Andrea, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm not too bad, thank you very much. I'm good, good. I'm sort of preparing now for two weeks tomorrow. Oh, is that what it is? I was just going to say to you, when is it? My goodness, that's come yeah. around so fast. It has come around so fast, um, and now I'm start. My anxiety and, and nerves are coming back. Oh, bless sort you! Sort of is why I'm I'm on on today. Yeah. Okay. And my question is. Yeah. How does cross examination work? Yeah. If you've got counsel, but also you've got um, the screens up in court. Well, because they're they're not cross examining. You mean for you to be cross examined, or for the other side? For me to yeah. Be yeah. So, by so the other side I see. So, so the screens are there to stop um, your ex seeing you, not counsel. So, counsel okay. would, yeah. So, counsel would be able to come behind the screens, but it, it's your ex that the screens are there to protect you from. 
So that would work. Don't... I don't believe he will have counsel. So is he okay. going to be asking me the no. questions behind the screen? And no. I answer them? No. No, generally what the court will say is that they won't allow him to ask you the questions. The judge will want those questions from him. So the okay. judge will actually ask you the questions on his behalf. And then, you know, when they've gone through the list of questions, the judge will then turn to him and say, is there anything else? You know, are you, you know, anything else that you want to ask? So generally, he won't be able to cross-examine you like that. Brilliant. And when I come to my cross-examination, does, yeah. my, does my barrister do that on my behalf? Absolutely. Absolutely, they will. 100%. Yeah, that's what they're there for. So do we work together to come up with those questions at some point before no. we walk into court? No, they will do it. That They will do oh, the, yeah, they will do so all of the... My list of questions then? No, no, absolutely not. No, they will do it all. Brilliant. They will do it all. Wonderful. All right. Andrea, can, 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 can I just um, ask you, can you just drop me an email this evening, literally with nothing in it, there's something I need to do um, and I just want to, an email is a reminder to me, literally just send me an email. Do you mind? Of course. Yes, Perfect. Of course, no problem at all. all right. Yes. Thank you. Speak to you later. Bye. We'll do. Take care. Bye for now. Bye bye. Um, right. Next caller is CKY2 Kerr. You guys have the most wonderful names. Um, while I'm waiting for you to join me, I'm going to go to Carrie87. Um, who's up first? Oh, there we go. So, CKY, can I hear you? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Um, so, basically, uh, to cut a very long, complicated story short. Yeah. Um, it's about my, it's a family issue and it's yeah. about my, um, little boy who I haven't seen in five years due to, uh, my ex cutting contact. Yeah. Um, it's all going forward. It's all going okay. But one thing did come up during the court, um, that really, really, uh, gave me a, a, a lot of concern. Um, on the other half, uh, she's been known to the council for, um, all sorts of domestic issues, um, including on me as well. Um, and one of the things that I noticed that she did was bring her Mackenzie, which was a current boyfriend, which I've not met yet until that court day. Uh, one of the things I noticed, uh, you know, you might want to call me a bit stereotypical of people, but he didn't look quite clean cut. And that concerns me. When I asked her about him, um, I basically asked if he does drugs or drinks. She denied, like, basically, she said, you've got to refer to the courts for that. Um... Because he looks like he's a bit of a crowded user, if I'm honest. Is that enough to warrant a uh, like a Sarah's Law kind of uh, application? Um, not just by the look of somebody, no. Um, but if you have any sort of concerns, I would certainly be raising them. I mean, are, are they living together, or was he just there as support yeah, for her? Together. Okay. Yeah, they're living together. Okay. Um, so he's clearly then couple of years now but obviously okay. like having never met him before like yeah never seen the guy before yeah i just assumed that everything was all right and and um, and how old the concern is, is yeah. when i asked her she wouldn't even say like I, I asked her if he does drugs or if he like had any you know sure abuse uh, like any any known abuse uh, of substances or anything yeah. like that and she just refused to say and how old so is how old is your child how, how old is your child he's uh, now seven Okay, so he would be able to communicate to you if, if he was in any danger, do you think? He if, would do. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, at the moment, we're still going through the proceedings of uh, making contact, so it's very early stages. Okay, so, okay. Um, I, I haven't yet made... It, I've obviously been sending letters and stuff, but um, not really getting anywhere with that, so hopefully I'll be able to see him quite soon. Okay. But <laughs> it's just something that raised my eyebrows, like, you know, why would you not disclose any information about yeah it's so i suppose to answer your question it wouldn't be acceptable to simply say to the court i don't like the way he looks and therefore i want him investigated and essentially at the moment like don't get me wrong instinct can be right um you know a lot of the time but when we don't have any further evidence i'm not sure that you can take that one much further um i if i were you i would just be biding your time so long as you know that your child's safe and you know if if they weren't safe obviously they're surrounded by other professionals such as school um, who would report any wrongdoing 
um, if there was any concerns, you know, any real dark concerns of a sexual nature, yeah, then obviously there's been, there's been there's been issues in the past. Um, my little boy's not even, you know, they they weren't honest about a lot of stuff, including the fact that my little boy was not even living with them at the moment. So it got so bad that she, uh, my little boy has moved house to his grandparents. So, oh wow! You know, there's a lot of missing gaps that I didn't know. Oh, and, then, you know, um, like, and why piece everything together? Like yeah, social services have been involved. Like, okay, it, it's a it's a mess. Right, so and and the fact the things that kind of. I was just going to say the the fact the fact that gone. your your son lives with the grandparents is that by choice or is that by way of court order? Right, that, that was by um, social services. Oh, okay. Well, that now now right. So now with that information, now you can ask some questions. Because actually, if social services have suggested that the child don't live there, doesn't live there, um, then you can ask the questions why. Um, are social services not submitting their reports um, in this, in, in your proceedings? Only, only very recently. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, it's, it's a very, very long, strange case. Okay. But basically the mother shut me out for five years. Okay. And uh, I've been trying to get in contact with him for like the last five years and she just kept, you know, saying, you know, you can see him, no, you can't see him, you can see him. Yeah. And it was kind of throwing yeah. me off. I, I think... Then, uh, in the end... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, you, you want to make sure that social services disclose all of the papers they have. There might be a Section 37 report that they've done or something similar um, and, ta and, and go yeah. from there. That, that's going to be your, your okay. biggest piece of information. And absolutely, I mean, with that information, now you can start to really um, challenge and, and ask the questions. Of the so court. Would that be acceptable to, like, with that situation, would it be acceptable to, to ask for a Sarah's Law uh, yeah, application? Yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying to you is, if you get your Section 37 report, if social yeah. services have done one, it could all be in there anyway. So if I were you, I'd be pushing okay. to get all the information released into these proceedings and having a good old read-through of all of that. Yeah, okay. All, all right. right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Uh, Carrie, you are next up whenever you're ready. Ask me your question. Hello. Hello. Um, is, my question basically is, so I have separated from my um, partner. Yeah. We have a four-year-old son together. Um, the Our son lives with me. Um, my partner lives about five minutes down the road now, and our son spends certain days of the week with him, and I've always said, you know, you can see him whenever you choose to, so... Him sort of seeing him visitation isn't an issue. Um, my ex has now said that he wants to go for 50-50 um, custody in order to um, stop paying child maintenance. Um, and in the same breath has sort of said that he works really long hours. He has to be in the office really early in the morning to really late at night. He can't do school pickups or school drop-offs when our son starts school um, this September. Um, and I sort of said, well, how do you think 50-50 will work? And his response has been, I'll get a nanny in, which means that our son will be spending time with, his, with a stranger um, rather than his dad, just so I guess he can avoid paying child maintenance. Um, so my question is, what is the likelihood if it goes through to um, the child course that he will actually get 50-50, knowing that his plan isn't to actually spend that time with him? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, I think, look, the status quo there would be really easy to, to challenge. So what I mean by that is that you would say exactly that to the court. You know, whilst you have no um, concerns with the child having some increased contact, it doesn't seem appropriate if the increased contact is going to be with the nanny. Um, and therefore, rather to um, subject the child to yet another individual, for example, and change the routine the status quo is better kept and perhaps increase contact at the weekend with dad. So I, I really don't think you'd have too much of a challenge there. Um, dad clearly works full time okay. and therefore it'd be very easy to say to the court, look, I, I'm not sure where dad's going with this, but actually it would be the nanny that the child would be with. Um, and, and it just, you know, why essentially? Why, why are we doing that? Let's just keep the status quo. Everyone's happy. You're happy. Child's happy. Leave it at that. If dad wants some extra time, we can maybe think about weekends or holidays. That's not a shared care. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and, and 
Go on. Just one other question. Yeah. Um, our son used to do one night a week. Yeah. Um, his dad, um, but that's recently stopped. Main reason being because he just doesn't eat food when he's there. He he's a very fussy eater anyway. He just yeah. refuses to eat. Yeah. Um, and if he does eat, his dad's given him cookies, sweets, McDonald's, fizzy drinks. Um. So I've sort of said, you know, until we can get him eating, it's best that he doesn't spend the night and you just drop him back for dinner time and then he eats at home with me. Yeah. Um, essentially, he's sort of said, well, that isn't fair. I want overnight stays, at least yeah. two or three overnight stays a week. Yeah. Um, and again, I've sort of said, well, once he starts school, that's not really going to work. Yeah. Um, so I guess, can I sort of use this, what the advice you've given me? Um, um, so in... This, in this same in that scenario, Carrie, no. I, I, I think he would succeed on that. I think it is in the child's best okay. interest to have an overnight contact with dad. And if dad lives fairly close by, he could have an overnight in the week. Um, courts encourage that because it means that potentially dad's dropping him off to school the next day and therefore have an opportunity to get involved with the teachers, etc. He's not going to starve. You know, if, if your child's a picky eater, absolutely fine. You know, when he's in dad's care, okay, it's not a great diet, cookies and fizzy drinks, but it is only going to be one night a week. Um, so I think the court might be minded to go with dad on that one, if I'm completely yes, honest yes. with you. Okay. All right. All right. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Carrie. Bye-bye. Hello, Mart. You're up next. How are you? Hey, I'm Tracy, okay? I'm not too bad. How can I help? Right, we're playing catch-up from last week because I had technical difficulties. Okay, not a problem. Go for it. Right. So, first one, my husband uh, has been... Me and my husband have been separate for 16 months. We're going through the process of agreeing figures of a conditional order. In the past month, he has acquired £32,000 in debt. He's now drastically in the minus, and I'm in a plus. Will this affect the terms of the figures being presented to the judge? Well, it will affect husband's figures because he's got a minus 32K on his balance sheet. But we could argue that's a post-separation debt. So if all of that has um, been accumulated since separation or since the financial proceedings began, it won't be her responsibility. And if it's not her responsibility because out of her control, I suspect it won't come out of her share of the matrimonial assets. So I, th I would suggest that based on what I know, uh, what you've just told me, in other words, the matrimonial assets will be divided and he will pay that 32 grand out of his share because it's all post-separation. Okay, brilliant. Um, the next one is um, another financial. Um, my husband is refusing to accept the relationship is over and is not playing ball with any of the court papers I'm sending. I can't afford legal support as he's taken all of the money out of the bank and won't put it back unless I agree to stop the divorce. I am lost and I don't know what to do. Any help would be appreciated. Oh, you know, the difficulty when people remove money from the bank, if it's gone, it's gone. Do you know what I mean? If it's spent, it's spent. I mean, what she needs to do then is to act fast to preserve what's left. That might mean moving things herself. That might mean getting a home rights notice registered. It might even mean starting financial proceedings and getting a, a freezing order to stop anything else being moved in joint names. Um, checking out the pensions. You know, lots of pensions will pay out a lump sum when a person turns 55. Are we getting close to that mark yet? It's just going to be a bit of a race to the finish line. And at this stage, building in as much protection as we possibly can. Um, do you think one of your courses would be beneficial for her? Well, the courses, are, I mean, absolutely, in that if she goes down the financial application route, they're going to tell her how to do all the forms, <clears throat> which is ultimately going to save her money. What the course won't do is show her how to do that freezing order. That really is fairly technical, um, and I don't cover that off in the course. But, yeah, the actual financial application, 100%. Thanks, Mart. Well, definitely. Right, the next one is I have... Um... My husband is Egyptian. My husband is Egyptian and he lives in Egypt. I want to divorce him as he has no intentions of coming to England. However, I have spent my money on visas and marriage and the divorce. Can I ask a financial can I ask for financial compensation before the divorce is finalised or is the financial order applied for? Um, there's no children, no assets in the marriage. Um, 
if he if he receives the paperwork by email to serve to serve the papers. So if there's no assets in the marriage, I'm assuming the lady wants to know about a clean break order. Um, can you get a clean break order? As long as the UK did your divorce, then the UK have now got jurisdiction to make the financial order. Um, we still, however, need him to sign the clean break order. So if he's not agreeable to that, you would have to start um, a financial application. My question, of course, would be, it, what's the, is it proportionate? Is it proportionate if there are no assets in this marriage to go to the bother of making a financial application and the cost that will incur, especially given that he's out of the jurisdiction, that's going to be additional work for her, additional time if she wants to instruct additional cost, um, if actually we've got nothing to protect anyway. I might, take, if it were me, I might take the view, I'll just see, you know, I, I might consider a financial order if I get to a position where I've got something to protect because we'll never have a finish line on that. Do you know what I mean? We can always apply for that financial order. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and the, the final one I have here with a minute. Yeah. Um, so I'm all caught up. Um, I've been separated for 10 years. We yeah. have separate bank accounts. Would I have to pay half of the money contributed to help my sick mother um, with when we file for a divorce or any contribution made to help family members. So this lady has, has the one that's made the financial contribution. So she has given her family money. Is yeah. that, yeah, okay. I was, just wanted to make sure she hadn't, they hadn't received the, the money from family. I mean, look, if you are married and you are making loans to family, it was a marital decision. So the answer to that would be no. However, if she's making the loan after separation, the other side could argue, well, that's a debt that she's incurred or money that she spent post-separation and therefore I want an adjustment. So, for example, she's given her mum £10,000. Well, you know, that comes off her top line, not off the matrimonial assets. So is it a bit like question number one that you asked me, but in the reverse? Do you see? So it will all depend on when she gave her mum the money or, you know, when she's the money she spent to help her poorly mum. If it was during the marriage, no. If it was after the marriage, potentially. Okay, Martin, that's all I've got for you for now, Trace. I'm all cost up from last week. All right. Chat to you in a bit. Appreciate that. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Right, Fuller Mum, you are next up whenever you are ready. What's your question? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, what's your question? Yes, I have my first appointment hearing scheduled for this Friday. Yeah. However, um, the my husband's solicitor um, um, sent the form G that they are not ready to proceed. Okay. Um, what happens now? She suggested that we both... Um, uh, write jointly to the court asking to for the matter to be listed for a financial dispute dispute resolution. Yeah. Resolution. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I asked her what does this mean? We write jointly, and she said she's gonna get back to me today. I have not heard from her. Do I need to contact the court myself? Do I let it go and just show up at court on Friday? Like. Okay, so and the court didn't say anything to me. Okay, yeah. I mean, if if the court haven't contacted you to say that they've adjourned the matter, then the matter's going to proceed. Okay, so you do need to attend at court. Um, you're talking about a uh, finances, is that right? This isn't children. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. And what's the reason that the other side aren't ready? Have you guys done your formies? Yes. Yeah, we did. And you've done your questionnaires? There's still documentation missing okay. for this uh, appointment to be a substantial appointment. All right. Well, it depends so, um, It depends on what information is missing. I would be minded because if you just adjourn it, then it's going to be adjourned off for at least three months. I'd be minded to go along to court and say, look, can we just push this through so that we get to the FDR? you know, rather than dragging it on. It will depend on what's missing, really. You know, if it's bank statements or a pension CETV, well, that's fine. But, you know, the court hearing can still go ahead on Friday. So it would depend on, on what documents they say is missing. 
But if until just a direction hearing anyway, so these documents can be produced by the time of the financial hearing. So I don't understand why they want to delay it. Okay, and but and and that's my, what that's what you would say to the court. To you is I, I uh, purchased your course, the financial course. Yeah. And two days before the court hearing, I'm supposed to file the ES1 and ES2, and I understand how to do that. Yeah. But they're also asking for a bundle index with hyperlinks, hip, and I don't remember you talking in the course about that. Yeah, because yeah, there's exactly. so you don't need to do that because he's got a solicitor on the other side. They will do that. So you need that they will be responsible for the bundle. And if they don't file one, well, you just say to the court that, you know, you thought that they were doing it. So don't don't worry too much about the bundle. It's the first appointment. The only documents that will need to be before the courts, the form E's and the questionnaires, ES1, ES2, chronology. So okay. let let them worry about so the bundle. Is there still time for the for the uh, hearing to be cancelled? Like yes. If she comes on tomorrow, let's say, yep. and she rides to the court, will the court... Uh, Potentially. The hearing? Is, is there still time to adjourn? Absolutely. It's only Tuesday. You might even get told Thursday afternoon. But I suspect if you're not in agreement to the adjournment, it will proceed. All right. All right. Wow, Good. Okay, All right, then. Much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Captain, you are up next. What's your question? Oh, have I got you on? Captain, you are up next. Oh. Oh, I can, I can hear, hear myself. can hear myself then. That's a bit uh, bit weird. No, that's all right. That was my fault. I'm listening to you on TikTok. I forgot to mute you on TikTok. So, um, I've got a couple of questions for you, Trace. Yep. Um, number one is from Middleman. Yep saying i'm currently going through mediation and i've been asked to complete a for me which i'm now working on tracy often speaks about ring fencing assets and i'd like to ring fence part of my pension yeah as the relationship was 10 years and contributions of 25 years yes my question is how do you actually go about ring fencing them and is it something you highlight on the form absolutely part of the question as well so yeah leave that away. uh you can ask that as well yeah also, once forms are exchanged, I do not want my SCBX to disclose any of my financial details to my friends and family as I feel this is a private matter. Could I ask for a non-disclosure agreement to be signed, her solicitor excluded? Thank you so much. Um, right, let's start with the first one. So absolutely, when you're completing the Form E, middleman, you will put that your figure down in the pension um, section. At the back of the form, in the narrative section, so it paragraphs four for you, it will say, is there anything that we need to take into account? And that's where you would highlight this pension I've been paying into for 25 years and the relationship is only 10. So less than 50% needs to be included in any sort of negotiation. So the mediator will, will see that straight away. With regard to a non-disclosure, if you both sign the Form E, there's a statement of truth there that actually not only sort of says what we're signing is is true to the best of our belief, um, but it, it, it also has a disclaimer that you're not going to share this with anybody else, that, you know, these papers could be involved in court proceedings and therefore it shouldn't be shared. If you do not trust the person, by all means, ask their solicitor. But I would have thought that their solicitor would tell them that anyway. That's a huge breach of confidentiality to share somebody else's uh, financial information um, I mean, it goes against GDPR and everything. It's quite a serious matter if you've been given someone's bank statements and you share them. Um, Non-disclosure agreement, I'm not sure that's needed, but by all means, have a word with their solicitor, the other side solicitor. Thanks, Tracy. Uh, this one's for Annie Blue. Yeah. Uh, my ex-husband and I separated over 10 years ago. Um, they've been married 25 years. Okay. We had mediation, but nothing was finalised. I then pursued a divorce, which he he refused to sign the form, which took him two years to sign. We have just had the decree now signed now. Since then, nothing has changed. He pays nothing towards mortgage, etc. I struggled to get child maintenance. I have three children, two with disabilities, who are 24 and 16, and one who's 18. They all live with me. How do I resolve this divorce, as I do not have the money for solicitors and not prepared to lose my home? He is well paid, and so is his girlfriend, who he lives with. I'm prepared to go to court. 
but I don't know what to do. Can you please help? Of course I can help. I'm going to start this answer by telling a story. Um, years ago, um, when I was probably about 10 years into practice, I had this exact case come up and um, the husband had left when I think the youngest was two um, and actually gone off with my client's best friend. Um, my client then continued to pay the mortgage off on her own as a single parent, was holding down two or three jobs through that time as a cleaner, um, working in um, supermarkets, etc., and actually paid the mortgage off. Throughout that time, she never got a divorce and she never got a financial order. And when the youngest child was around 22, 23, husband came back and because his name was still on the property, he wanted his 50% and the court gave it to him. So whilst I totally get when people say we really can't afford to get any legal advice, please, please look to get the money from somewhere for that first hour because it's absolutely crucial. And when you're thinking about a couple of hundred pounds on one hour's legal advice to potentially save, you know, a hundred thousand pounds or whatever's in that property, it's so worth it because there are no children under 18. It doesn't matter that she's been paying the mortgage and that he hasn't been contributing because... Oh, sorry, beg your pardon. Um, but even so, we've only got a couple of years, so that's not going to sway too much um, at 16. But what I was going to say is the important part, which I think this, this lady has said he hasn't made any contribution to the mortgage, doesn't really matter because if his name is still on the property, he is legally entitled to that. And, you know, the courts could equally say to her, well, why should he make a financial contribution? You are enjoying exclusive use of that property. Um, so, you know, separated for 10 years, he is still entitled to 50% if, if they're holding it as joint tenants. She really does need to get legal advice. Look, if she really can't do that and it's not an option, then at the very least, it's a Form A. Complete that Form A and send it into the court. At least that's going to trigger, um, you know, a court application. It's going to start that application. Um, the very least, then, you just come back onto the Discord and ask us questions as and when you've got to file each piece of work and we can help you that way. Um, but she really does need to get a financial order because she is at risk of losing a lot. And also, if she can't afford to, say, go to court, she can, yeah. is it the EX1 something for to apply for... Um, oh yes absolutely so she can it's the ex160 thank you captain that will um if you are on a low income you complete the ex160 form and you send it into court and the court can exempt you from the court fee now for a financial application that's 275 pounds so it could save you that um and then you just obviously do the rest of it yourself there is only ever going to be one court fee that applies you don't have to pay a court fee every time you go to court it's just a one-off upfront court fee but yeah if you are if you're on a low income it's an ex160 fill out that first before you fill out the form a and then when you've save the 273 pounds that could pay for a one-hour family absolutely absolutely and and that because i think that one hour is so important and and you know i advise that as a minimum because particularly at my firm we will actually give you some indication of what you're entitled to and we'll give you some knowledge of of how the law is what the law is going to deem fair and reasonable so you can go into your negotiation or court at least armed with something as opposed to going in with nothing if you go in with no knowledge at all and the other side instructs they will easily topple you over you know with the previous caller said she's had a consultation with me she's downloaded the course and she still feels intimidated that's the job of the other side that's their job. Their job is to make is to convince you that you don't have a case. So if if you can get knowledge at all um, and some advice, do it. Absolutely. We we all need a health inspector in our back pocket, don't we? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, sorry, I've just started watching Suits. And oh, have you? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. And once um, you once you finish that, you've got to watch The Lincoln Lawyer. Equally as good. I've got that as well on my have list you? on Netflix. <laughs> um, so this is the children's one, a really yep. quick one. It's the last one yep. I've got for you, Tracy. Okay. Um, so this lady's got a court order in place. Yeah. And it mentions that father has to give me 28 days notice to take the children on holiday. Yeah. 
He's emailed and asked for passport screenshots to be able to book. And I asked where and when he was thinking of going and for how long. And he won't tell me. He says that he does not have to ask my permission. Where do I stand? So I've asked Kate for what it actually says on the court order. Yeah. It says holidays abroad. Each party can take the children on holiday for 14 consecutive days. Each party is to provide no less than 28 days notice. Accommodation and flight details to be provided to each other. Passports to remain at the child's primary residence with their mother. Passports to be provided to the father no later than seven days prior to the holiday and restored with the children. I just don't understand how he can book a holiday without having to discuss the dates he's thinking of with me. Well, he can't. And and to be fair, Captain, because you've read out that, that excerpt from the order, that really answers the question. Um, so he, he can't do that. He's in breach of it. And and if, if mom really feels uncomfortable to let the children go without him giving her all of the information, then she doesn't have to release the passports, does she? Because she's she's completely in line with the order if she refuses to give him the passports. Um, you know, he's obviously... Well, yes, it would, because obviously he is no longer able to take the children on holiday, but there hasn't been a breach by Kate. There hasn't been a breach. He's the one that's breached it. So if he wants to take it back to court, fine, but it would be for his own breach, nothing that, that Kate has done. No, that's great. Yeah. Um, thanks, Tracy. Pleasure. As always. Thank you, Captain. Appreciate your time. Bye. Bye. Uh, right, Mart, I see you're there. I'm just going to come to Sam G first and then I will come to you, Mart. Also, can... Oh, Marie, sorry, I forgot you were there on the stage. I'm just going to say as well that I'm actually on tomorrow night, guys. I'm doing an extra one because I've got a holiday at the end of September. So we're just going to do a couple of extras so that the uh, podcast can keep, um, keep going. Marie, you are on mute Whenever you are ready, take yourself off mute and ask me your question. Hello. I can hear you. I can hear you. What's your question? Yeah, so my question is, um, first, uh, I'll just give you a brief one. Uh, so I've got a son, a one, an almost 12 months, and his father actually left us when I was two months pregnant. So that comes to my question. I want to give him the responsibility of, paying you know child maintenance the first question would be can i backdate it that's a better question for cms Honestly, um, as family lawyers, we don't really get involved. Well, we don't get involved in CMS at all. So that's a better question for them. Okay. Okay. So that's the second question I've got is that if he started paying for child maintenance, would he get? Would he need to see my son? Because he hasn't. He hasn't really contacted us ever since. And I tried contacting him for him to be part of my son's life, but he just blocked me again for the second time. Sorry, so, so your question is, can he claim child maintenance if he's not having contact with the child? Again, it, it's a question for CMS, but I would have thought not. Oh, Anne's just come on, actually, and she said, CMS, no backdated claim. What did she say? No backdated claim. It's, it's your application plus seven days. Hopefully that helps. But no, I, I, I think if he's not, if he doesn't have the child, and Anne will correct me, I'm sure, um, then he can't claim child maintenance. It's only for the person who has the children. No, what I meant is that would he need to see my son, like um, have him for a day a week or something like that? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, so so child, child, maint child maintenance isn't dependent upon contact. They don't go hand in hand. They're completely separate. So what I mean by that is that some parents have contact and don't pay CMS. And some parents pay CMS and don't have contact. So one isn't dependent upon the other. All right? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so we need to say that he doesn't really need to see my son to pay uh, CMS. It's a separate issue. You're always going to be entitled to CMS if the son lives with you and and him having contact is that is, is in the family court arena so that's a separate issue completely don't don't think that one relies upon the other all right great okay. thanks but marie I the contact, right? well i'm not going to say yes to that because obviously i don't know enough about that 
You know, it's in the child's best interest to have a relationship with both parents, but we're not going to go into why you don't think that's appropriate. All I will say is it doesn't have anything to do with your maintenance question. Okay. All right. But lastly, sorry, I don't need a solicitor whatsoever if ever I have to come any you know any claims against cms has got nothing to do with the family court marie absolutely nothing so the answer to that would be no no. you don't need a solicitor for that okay yeah that's fine all right thanks bye uh sam you are next up what's your question oh hello young how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, good. I'm not too bad. Um, yeah, I just wondered if you could help. So um, it's about my brother. He split up with his wife um, or ex-wife now several years ago. Yeah. Um, he, they've got a young daughter and she refused to um, let him see her. She then um, decided to move to from London to Wales um, again, not with his consent. Unfortunately, he's never been financially able to, um, like, do anything uh, with the court and things like that. And he's probably sat back a little bit, to be honest. However, she's now remarried. He's always paid maintenance um, every month for her. But um, so now she's remarried. Now she wants uh, her current husband to adopt um, my brother's daughter. And now he's been sent a court summons through the uh, post. Yeah. I just wondered, is there anything he can do? And, you know, because she just seems to be able to just do exactly what she wants and there's nothing that he can do about it. Well, adoption's huge, Sam. Uh, and I'll tell you for why. Because if the court make an adoption order, that means that your brother loses parental responsibility of that child. And clearly, if your brother wants to be involved in the child's life, then that's not in the best interest of the child. So there's plenty that he can do. I mean, I would be attending court and opposing that adoption order strongly. And I would be actually using the opportunity to say to the court, look, um, I need I need to see my child. You know, Um, I get that there's a massive distance between us now. And it might be that it's just limited to holiday times. But use the opportunity, yeah. you know, don't um, don't allow that adoption hearing to go ahead without him having a say, is, is I suppose what I'm so trying to say. there be an opportunity because that's what I 100%. Thinking, like, we didn't know what, what that yeah. involved. And 100%. There be an opportunity for him to say anything. Because, Absolutely. As I said, um, he's just been, she's been able to do and do whatever she wanted and he's never been able to have an opportunity to actually say about what's happened and how he feels and yeah that you know so that'd be great if there's an opportunity there'll be there'll be lots of opportunities because an adoption hearing won't be heard um and finalized in the first hearing there will be a few hearings so there because at at the initial hearing he'll say no i i object to the to the application then the court's most likely going to ask them both to make statements and they're definitely going to get social services involved because social services will, will have to do some sort of, you know, family assessment as to whether the adoption's even appropriate. So that he'll have plenty of opportunity, plenty of opportunity. Brilliant. All right. Oh, that's that's a relief then. Fab. At least we know that. That's great. And so we don't need legal representation now. Well, that day. We I can just. No, I'm I'm not saying, no, look, you know, it's an individual choice. I never say no. Uh, By all means, go along to the first hearing because that will just be a directions hearing um, so that the court can obtain everyone's position and then make directions as to what to do next. But never say never. You know, your brother might feel that after the first or even the second hearing that actually he wants some help, even if it's just a solicitor to look over his statement. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so exactly, yeah. yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one with you guys. Oh, thank you so much. All right. All right then. Pleasure. Thank Thanks, Sam. Bye. Uh, Martin, I'm going to come to you next. Oh, hang on. Let me take you off mute. Have I got you on mute? No. Have you got yourself on mute, Mart? No, I've got you on mute. Let me take you off mute. There we go. Right. How can I help, Mart? Oh, I can't hear him now. You're oh, right. there we go. You, you, you're in. How can I help? Right. Two part question for you. Yeah. Amusing, really. Um, when are you going to become a judge? And what is the consequences of um, recording audio in a family court? Oh, um, it's it's a no to both those questions. Um, I I am yeah. I'm I'm far too. Um, I don't know. I, 
to me, I don't, I don't want to insult colleagues, but to me, I think a judge is a very lonely position. Um, you, you make a lot of, you know, you spend a lot of the time on your own. I like to chat. I like to be with people. Um, you know, I like to sort of be um, doing what I do. So that's that's a big no-no from me. Please, please, and that's the second question, do not record anything in the family court. You will be told if you're on the teams um, doing the hearing or when you, end, uh, when you go to court, nobody can be recording it. It's private. It's confidential. You can't share that information with anybody. It's not a public arena like crime. So when you go to criminal court, you've got the public gallery. Anybody can walk in. In family, it's private. And there's a reason for that. You know, we're talking about very personal information. We may even be talking about children, children's names, dates of birth, where they go to school. So, yeah, to all of you you listening, and I'm sure you guys aren't doing it, but just don't never, ever record it. Happy days. Happy um, days. Right. The father of my children has yeah. left. Yeah. He's demanding I sell the house. The house has shared ownership. Yeah. Um, I am able to continue paying a mortgage as yeah. a single parent, but yeah. he wouldn't be able to. My son goes to the school down the road. I feel moving school would be quite disruptive for him yeah. as he hates school as it is. Yeah. I don't want to move, but I'm also not really in a position to where I am in an IBA. Can he force me to sell and move? Okay. Um, IVA is the um, insolvency, voluntary insolvency. Um, is Are they married, Mart? I don't think she mentioned it. It doesn't, doesn't say. Okay, so let me answer it for both then. If you are married... No, no, no. no they're not married. Okay, I was going to say you could apply for the measure order. If you're not married and you feel that you can continue with the property, then um, what you need to do is make a Schedule 1 application under the Children's Act. What that does is you are asking the court for some financial help on behalf of the child or the children. So if you're married, it's a measure order. But if you're not married, it's a Schedule 1 application. Now, again, like I say to everybody, take a little bit of advice if you can, even if it's just one hour. It might even be half an hour because it's quite a complex application, the Schedule 1. It's doable. The layperson can definitely do it. But I personally would just like to get a bit more context around what's gone on there. Do you know what I mean? And, and there might be other avenues. But she doesn't need to worry just yet because if dad makes an application to the court for a order for sale, there's every chance the court's not going to do that and throw a child out on the street. So, um, but I, I, would, I would be wanting her to talk to somebody, if not me, then somebody else. Yeah, no worries. I don't know if you picked up in the comments, Trace. A lot of people are asking about your courses. Oh, yeah. They're struggling to buy them by the TikTok, apparently, because they get a discount. Uh, absolutely. So the courses, I'm not sure if the courses, are they on the TikTok? Oh, so they're the series link on TikTok. So what's happened is I've done three big courses, and it's all designed for people to represent themselves. Finance, children, and divorce. If you head over to my website, you can actually get the course in one. What TikTok then asked me to do was to divide up my courses into series so that they could be bite-sized chunks. You didn't have to buy the whole thing. You could just buy the part that was, um, you know, for you, appropriate for you. So if you're looking to get an entire course, I would say go over to the website. But if you maybe just want part of a course, so for example, you just want to do a C100 in the children's course, you don't need the whole course, then go to the TikTok Click the link in my bio, but it's the series that you're looking for. So hopefully that helps. Brilliant. Thanks, yeah, Mark. Oh, yeah. Go. Yeah, go on. Um, this is the last one I have. Yeah. Um, divorce, in prog uh, divorce in progress. Uh, one child living with mum in a marital home, yeah. home jointly. Um, mediated a few times. No agreement. Will submit form to the court, but X is refusing to pay half the mortgage in the meantime. What do you suggest, please? Well, it's a bit like uh, my first caller of the of the evening. It, it's it can swing both ways because if you want to stay in the property and you can't afford to make the repayments, then the court might say, "Well, you can't afford to stay there then, so the house needs to be sold." And you can't really expect the person who's left to be making mortgage repayments if they've then got to rent somewhere else. 
However, it might be that you're entitled to financial support from the ex, in which case the spousal maintenance support would then enable you to stay in the property. So where the question is, he won't pay his half, that's not how we look at it. You know, are you entitled to some financial support? If not, and the other person's not living there, it may be that you have to place the house up for sale, okay? Because it's not, it's not deemed that you pay your half and, and they pay theirs, if that makes sense. It's a tricky one to explain, yeah. but you know what I mean. Cheers, Tris. Sorry for dragging you over. No, no, not a problem at all. Appreciate your time, Mark. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. That said, guys, I am going to go. It's just after seven. Now, I am back tomorrow doing an additional one. So Wednesday, six till seven, and then I'm back again Thursday, six till seven. Apologies to those of you that have still got your hand up in the lounge. I'm so sorry. But come back tomorrow at six, um, and I'll be here to answer some more questions. Um, yeah. Got nothing more to say on that. I thought I had something else to say, but I don't. So thank you to all those of you that joined me this evening and I'll join you again tomorrow at six. Thanks, guys. Until then, bye.